My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Alicia Marie and Faduma. They are co-founders of a group called the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition. The group came together in 2016, broadly informed by Black Lives Matter. Not necessarily with any particular connection, at least initially, to the various other groups and networks that have taken up that name, but informed by the politics and the sensibility that black grassroots activists and organizers from across the continent have brought to that slogan since it emerged in 2013. Black communities in Ottawa are many and diverse, with roots in different countries in Africa and the Caribbean, as well as in the United States and, of course, Canada. A key goal of the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition has been to create opportunities to bring these diverse communities together, particularly to fight the anti-black racism that is so pervasive in Ottawa, in Canada, and around the world. Some of their initial mobilizations in 2016 focused on events that were a bit more distant. For instance, they marched and demonstrated in front of the U.S. Embassy in solidarity with efforts in that country to seek justice in the aftermath of multiple police killings of black people. They also mobilized people after a Canadian musical group singing the national anthem at the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in 2016 changed the lyrics of the anthem in anti-black ways. Not long after the group was formed, however, the Ottawa police killed a young Somali-Canadian man named Abdirahman Abdi. The extensive mobilizing that followed to demand justice and transparency from the police was led by the city's Somali community, particularly through the Justice for Abdirahman Coalition. However, the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition was also very active in supporting this organizing in whatever ways they could. More recently, the group has focused on an entity called the Multi-Agency Early Risk Intervention Tables, or MERIT, program. This is an initiative that brings together a range of agencies and other service providers to proactively intervene in ways that, at least on the surface, are about filling gaps in services for communities that need them. It currently targets a particular Ottawa neighborhood where a lot of black people and people from other marginalized communities live. And there are certainly gaps in services and barriers to accessing them. Efforts to expand and improve services and to make them more accessible would be welcomed by the community. The concern with merit is based on its invasive character. Information about people is collected and shared among member organizations of the program, and people are subjected to risk assessment. Depending on the outcomes of that assessment, they can be forced to participate in particular programs or otherwise subject to uninvited interventions into their lives. Moreover, the Ottawa police have been a central player in this initiative. They have access to the information at the table, and they can be active participants in interventions. All of this needs to be understood in the context of how anti-blackness operates in Canada. Across multiple spheres of life, Black people are subjected to heightened surveillance and scrutiny, which contributes to disproportionate and harmful interventions not only by police, but also by social services. So a program which further increases the power that social services have to intervene without invitation in black lives, 
and that will lead to an increase in the number of encounters between black people and the police is a dangerous one, and the fact that it exists may serve as a further barrier to people accessing services when they need them. The groups organizing to oppose the merit program is still in its early stages, so it will be a significant focus over the next while. As well, they're keen to organize more events that are focused less on facing external challenges and more on building relationships and community within and across the black communities in the city. And they're always on the lookout for opportunities to be in solidarity with indigenous communities and other marginalized people in Ottawa. I speak with Alicia Marie and Faduma about anti-blackness in Ottawa and about the work of the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition. My name is Alicia Marie. I'm actually from Saskatchewan and I am a Afro-Indigenous person. I grew up in Saskatchewan and I wasn't a victim of racial discrimination overtly. So I didn't notice a lot of microaggressions that I was experiencing. I did witness a lot of those things happening to people in my family, like my mother, who is visibly Indigenous, and she was experiencing racism on a much higher level just in the, in the area that we were living in. When I moved out to Ottawa in 2015, I was treated very Black for the first time. And what that means is I was directly a victim of overt racism, and I experienced a lot of my progressions daily. Around that time, the news and the politics became more prevalent based on what was going on in the U.S., and that brought more attention to what was happening here in Canada with racism and how we were being directly affected by those things that people weren't really talking about. And so I personally wanted to bring awareness to my experiences as a Canadian and as a Black person living in Canada. So I started an organization called No Justice, No Peace, and I began mobilizing and doing a lot of activism in the community in regards to Black Lives Matter, the hashtag. I wasn't at the time working directly with the group. And so that began, I matched a group of incredible women who were also organizing within the city. And at that time, we got together and we started the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition. My name is Faduma. I'm a recent graduate at the University of Ottawa. I was born and raised in Ottawa and have been doing tons of community work, advocacy in the last several years. As someone who was heavily involved at the University of Ottawa, a lot of my spark and energy fighting inequalities and anti-blackness also stemmed from the University of Ottawa because I faced a lot of anti-black racism and xenophobia and Islamophobia on this campus when it came to working with security or admissions or anyone that was in the university executive level. It also geared me to be a voice for students and other marginalized folks who were always overshadowed by the decisions of the university. And this also brought me into a role of activism in the community when it came to working with projects such as OBDC or Justice Fred Rahman Abdi or working with the Muslim Student Association, etc. And that's kind of where I sparked my interest in working for like a Black Lives Matter coalition in a sense that like there was a lot of injustices happening between I would say 2010 until now. And these are things that kind of rattled me, especially as a Black Muslim woman in this city. And, you know, being born and raised in Canada, I faced a lot of xenophobia, Islamophobia, and anti-Black racism in Ottawa. And when I met Alicia and Layla and Vanessa, 
the summer of 2016, we kind of all came together with a vision to bring the Black community in Ottawa in unison because, as you can imagine, all the communities here in Ottawa are kind of divided, whether you're from the Afro community, the Francophone community, the Caribbean community. The Black folks here in the city all have their own different types of organizing. And so our vision for OBDC was to essentially bring all these folks together and lobby and advocate for one cause. Tell listeners more about the founding of the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition. The year that we all got together, there was a lot of need for our existence, especially here in Ottawa. There was a lot of issues within the Black community, within the LGBT community. There was a lot of violence going on within the city. There was a Black man that was murdered at the hands of police shortly after we started organizing together here in Ottawa. And I think everybody was really on edge and there was a need for a mobilization at that time. And we poured everything that we had into mobilizing because at that time we felt really silenced by the treatment that we were receiving. And this is just how it is. And this is what you have to deal with. And it, it, just, it became so much that we couldn't possibly sit in silence anymore. The four main people that were involved in organizing that are still participating is myself, Vanessa, Layla, and Sabina. We vary in age from early 20s to mid-30s. Myself, I was very new to activism, but I know that Sabina, Layla, and Vanessa were also students at the time, and they did a lot of work on campus with student organizations and with organizing in that capacity. The summer of 2016, our group was involved with demonstrations at the U.S. Embassy. That was a joint effort with the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition and No Justice, No Peace. We mobilized there after countless American, mostly Black men, were murdered at the hands of the police. We also mobilized and we led marches through Ottawa and ended up in front of Parliament after the incident where the lyrics to the national anthem were changed on a national stage. We were doing a lot of lobbying and advocacy work. We worked really closely with the Somali community who was affected by the passing of Abdelhamad Abdi, rest in peace. And so our coalition took a stand against the Ottawa police. We lobbied in front of the police station with the community. And it was a very big monumental moment for the city of Ottawa to see all sorts of black organizations coming together and lobbying for one cause. And how was your group involved in that struggle for justice that happened after Abdi Rahman Abdi was killed by the police? There was the Somali community who was really the backbone of this. I don't want to take away from their light. We were there as a support for Justice Abdi Rahman Abdi. That's the name of their organization. And we were there as a supporting role for the community, for the Somali community, for the Muslim community that was mourning the death of an Ottawa citizen who was brutally murdered by the Ottawa police as a black man with mental illness. This was something that shook the community to its core. And they're still fighting until this day for justice and transparency with the Ottawa police. And we've been here for the last couple of years supporting the organization with whatever means that they can to essentially support them in whatever roles they need. So you mentioned that one of the goals you had for the coalition was to bring the many different black communities in Ottawa together in organizing around shared experiences. Talk about the importance of doing that and about the challenges it involves. Well, for me, I'll speak on my experiences. As someone who's uh, part of many different Black organizations in the city, it makes the most sense to work with all the communities in one, especially if we're all advocating for the same cause. We're all here because we know that Black lives matter. 
and that we need as a community to recognize whether you're coming from Caribbean descent, whether you're coming from Afro descent, you're coming from African-American descent. We all have the same struggles at the end of the day, and that's to combat anti-Black racism in our city. And with the vision of OBDC, we want to see the community come together from all walks of life to kind of advocate and heal and support one another with the overall point of us coming together as just one Black community in the city and working together with our different partners. For me, I think there was a lot of intersections in the work that were missing. Myself, I'm a mother of two daughters. I feel that it's very important to be an example for my children and to bring our communities together for the sake of them so they have some place that they can feel safe and supported. But I also think it was important to bring together other communities and also work within our Blackness to support each other within a different intersection, different financial levels, just all of the intersections that represent Blackness because oftentimes we can be divided within ourselves due to the systematic racism that we've experienced and internalized. So I think it's important to bring everybody together and bridge the barriers of like colorism and different types of issues that we're constantly battling within ourselves because along with the outside forces, we do have things that we have to deal with and overcome. This isn't just screaming within externally that Black lives matter, but it's also an internal process. What has the coalition been focusing on more recently? Most recently, I think we're focusing on the communities right in front of us here in Ottawa, like we had mentioned. So currently, we're taking a big focus on the merit program, which is the multi-agency early risk intervention program. We're focusing on the breakdown and the transparency of what that group actually is, what it represents, and what it means to the community. We are sitting down with the entities that represent the program that have come together to form that organization. And we're also sitting down with community members who have concerns. Our main goal is to dismantle the program. And at the very least, we are demanding transparency. We have gone through their website and found falsehoods, and we're demanding those be corrected. And so we are, at the very least, working with everybody to get the best outcome for an already over-policed and underserved community. Maybe spell out for listeners in a bit more detail what exactly the Merit Program is. So the Merit Program is comprised of a bunch of different agencies. And what they're trying to do is fill gaps where they feel they have, I guess, somewhat failed communities in the past. However, what we are uncovering through their pretty little package of how they're presenting it is that there's a lot of invasive practices that this allows the Ottawa police and other agencies to become a force within the community's life without consent, basically, is what's happening. So what the merit program is currently representing is they put things under a very vague umbrella to assess risk for the community. So if they feel like you are at risk, they can force programs upon you. They can enter your life. They can show up and say, we believe you're at risk and this is how we become a part of your life. And the terms are very incredibly vague. So basically what we're trying to do is determine what these definitions actually mean. So if we have, let's say we're going to assess your risk based on your poverty, what does that mean? Who is at risk for these poverty and what services are you now going to force on those people? The merit program states that they're going to keep everything completely anonymous and that people will be registered based on numbers and filing systems and that no information will be made public and no personal information is stored. 
However, on the referral form, they do have a space for your name, your birth date, your address, all of your personal information. Then they go ahead and they have ways of acutely assessing risk. Risk factors would be considered uh, mental health as a risk factor, crime victimization. So this basically means if you're a victim of a crime, you are at risk. And they, if they deem necessary to enter your life and suggest that you have services, you have an option to deny those services, but that doesn't necessarily mean you won't be forced to like, stay a social services program, which will further allow the victimization of people. They have a risk of housing, a risk of sexual violence. This could be a person who is at risk of sexual violence could be even somebody who has knowledge of somebody who has been affected by sexual violence. So by those definitions, you can see how broad the umbrella is. People who live in at-risk neighborhoods, at-risk neighborhoods can simply mean a neighborhood where they think crimes could take place. Well, that basically puts everybody in Ottawa at risk because there's no one neighborhood that is completely safe from crime. You can be considered at-risk and require services if you are antisocial. That's actually a risk factor on their glossary, like a justifiable reason to enter your life and basically be invasive. They have set this program up in a community that's a largely Black community, a largely Muslim community, a largely low-income community for their test pilot program. Obviously, they're going to receive the highest numbers, but this is already a community that's over-policed and underserved. And they're justifying the invasiveness of being in your life by saying, okay, well, we're going to show up and we're going to be here for you and we're going to do it all anonymously, which is not true. It says right on their form that this form is to be stored in your numbered file. And this form has your name on it. It has why they feel like you should be forced into programs. And so basically we're trying to hold this program accountable for what they're implying that they're here for versus what they actually will be here for. One of the biggest problems that we have is that the Ottawa police are presenting themselves as a supporting organization of this program, when in fact, they are the core of this program. So they're not here as a supporting body. They are the body of this program. And other entities have come in to support their initiative. So founding members of the MARA program include things like the Boys and Girls Club, the United Way, the Children's Hospital, Ottawa Public Health, the John Howard Society, these are all agencies that people, even myself, have used, these agencies that are here to help and support communities where we need it the most. We're now going to be hesitant to do so because now if I come into an agency and I explain to them, like, say, I'm stressed out at work and I'm having panic attacks or whatever the situation may be, they can share my information without my consent to other organizations. So I know this is an obvious connection, but for the benefit of listeners, how does anti-blackness factor into why the merit program is such a problem? I feel like this could almost go without saying. Everybody has these internalized preconceived notions and beliefs about other cultures, whether they are positive or negative. And the police inherently have over their entire existence proven over and over again that they have issues with people of color, with people who live below the poverty line. I think that they've always been targets. They've always been a group of people who are over-policed. And I'm not just talking about Black people. I'm talking about Indigenous people. I'm talking about people from the Middle East or anywhere that's not of European descent. So these communities have always been over-policed. These communities have always been 
victims of oppression and systematic racism and targeted for existing. Even the area where the merit program has chosen to initiate their pilot is an absolute testament to the fact that they believe that these people are criminals, that they believe that they need this white savior mentality that they all have. And that's just putting it very bluntly. They believe that we need saving and they believe that it needs to be forced upon us. You wouldn't take this out into a white suburb neighborhood and say, "Um, I heard you're a victim of violence. We're forcing our way into your home and we're going to force you to live the way that we believe you should be living. So they're, they're taking people's culture away from them. They're taking people's freedoms and choices away from them and saying our way of life is the way to be. It's the only correct place to be. And we're going to further target you for the system in which we've already placed you in. So you're poor a lot of the time as a result of the system. You are unemployed a lot of times as a part of the system. And unemployment is a risk factor. And there is no denying that race is definitely a determining factor in employment and your name and your culture also affects your ability to gain employment. So this is like around about system and now they're forcing themselves to life to further perpetuate this system, the cycle. I 100% agree and a lot of community members do agree that there is gaps in services. There are people that fall through the gap and aren't receiving what the community needs. But to have any program chaired by the Ottawa police when there are so many animosities within those relationships between the police and the community that they're forcing this pilot onto, it's not bringing the community together, it's separating the community. Let these social programs be social programs. Let them provide their social services. Because as soon as you bring the police involved, as soon as you have the storing of information, the sharing of personal information, you allow a community that's already over-policed to become more watched, to become, I guess, more controlled, you're only making relations so much worse, and you're only building further animosities. You said that one element of your response to the merit program is bringing people from the community together. What does that involve? We had a community meeting. We just did a call out, uh, meet with folks, and we had some people who were already cognizant about the program, some folks in the city who didn't know about the program, and there were some who heard about it but didn't know to what extent the program kind of covered so we just kind of went through like a general Q&A. A lot of people had some really great questions as to like, who are the partners of the merit program? What is the Ottawa police going to do with the information received? Things that obviously we couldn't answer because we're not professionals on the merit program. But these are great questions that we wanted to pose when we meet up with the Ottawa police, specifically the folks who are spearheading the merit project here in the city. Previous so to the community meeting, we have spoken with uh, Ottawa police services member who was on the board of the merit program and she had also brought in a few of the community members who were participants and at that time when she was explaining the merit program to us a few of the community members tried to also you know chime in and give some explanations and answer some of our questions and Vanessa and I who took the call with the merit program had discovered that there was a lot of questions that the community members people who were sitting on the board of the merit program didn't actually know we asked them directly about consent. A community member said, absolutely, you have to give your consent. And then the Ottawa police member said, well, not necessarily. We asked about what was being considered at-risk behaviors. 
and justification for the merit program being present in somebody's lives. And we got very vague answers to the point where we have to go and pull the research ourselves. And we did acknowledge that we felt that the merit program and the information that was easily available to the public was not transparent and was not honest. And the information that we had to dig for and to look much harder for is very problematic. And so when we do meet with them again, we're going to demand answers So it sounds like it's still pretty early days in your organizing around the merit program, but what's your sense of where it's going? Our ultimate goal is dismantling the program. There's a lot of people in Ottawa right now that are not comfortable with the program, but there's also a lot of people in Ottawa that aren't aware of the program because of where they decided to do their pilot. Oftentimes, people who are considered to be lower income and basically the marginalized community, the LGBT community, the black community, the people of visible color, they're not often listened to. We're trying to get the word out about this program. We're trying to show people who are outside of that area how they can be affected. Because at the end of the day, the black voice and the poor voice is often ignored. And so I think it's really important to show how this program is going to affect everybody as soon as it's inserted into the entire city. The more people that are upset about it, the more people that we can engage, the more likely we are to get the transparency and potentially the dismantlement of what we believe is a very unnecessary program. And at the very least, if the program is not dismantled, it needs to actually work for the community. The community needs to not be afraid to use it and reach out to resources that are here to help us. And the way this program is currently set up, people are terrified. I myself have been twice now before reaching out to one of these agencies because I don't want to be on one of these forums. I don't want to have my life intruded upon and services forced upon me in order to, you know, maintain my standard of life or keep my children safe or even keep my children in my home. I would never want to have my freedom taken from me because of somebody's opinion. And that's what the merit program is. It's an opinion. It's a guess of future risk. It's opinions of people who are not even community members. And beyond the organizing around the merit program, what else is the coalition going to be working on? We're not here to just fight external forces. We're also here to be building community. We have spoken in the past about organizing you know, community events like barbecues, women events, showing up and supporting and showing unity with other communities and other organizations, like, for instance, offering our support and solidarity to the Indigenous community. We've spoken with them about, you know, working together on other projects that don't just concern the Black folks of Ottawa. We're stronger together, and we want to really build our community and repair the effects of systematic racism and the toll that is taken on our internalizing that. While we are here to mobilize when necessary, we do want to spend more time caring for and loving for each other and reaching out to our community members and saying, how can we support you? What do you need? What would you like to see happen? What are the ways that we can help? It is important to be in the streets making noise and protesting and demonstrating and marching. It's also important to build each other up. We want to create an environment where we're not only together when we're upset or fighting for equality. We also want to come together for purposes of love and community. You have been listening to my interview with Alicia Marie and Faduma of the Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition. To learn more about their work, search for Ottawa Black Diaspora Coalition on Facebook. 
To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and other platforms. I'm Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, published by Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. 